Hi everyone, my name is Norma Torres Mendoza and here is a little bit about me. So I was born in Mexico and mom and I came to the U.S. when I was starting fourth grade and I came to this country without speaking one word of English and the first phrase that my mom taught me when we came here was I don't know. So I went around fourth grade answering I don't know to every question. So people would ask me, what's your name? And I would say, I don't know. People would ask me, how old are you? And I would say, I don't know. So very quickly, I got tested for many things because people thought that, I, that there was something wrong with me because all my answers were, I don't know. But in reality, I just didn't speak the language. So I attended River Oaks Elementary where I was one of the very few Spanish speakers, including the secretary. And initially that was a big shock because I was completely immersed into another culture and into another setting. Even though from a very young age, my mother's boss instilled a love for reading. So the first book she ever got me was the Cat in the Hat, and that was the first book that I completely was able to read in English. Growing up, I did not realize that I was undocumented until I was asked to write a paper about my family ancestry. And so very, at a very young age, I wrote, well, this past summer, mom and I crossed the Mexico-US border hiding in an 18-wheeler. Unfortunately, that had some interesting ramifications, and I began to feel a lot of fear that was instilled in me by one of my teachers. And this fear led a lot of my drive and obviously a lot of anxiety growing up undocumented in this country. Growing up, I worked extremely hard, loved reading. My mom used to take me with her to clean houses. And one of the ladies that she cleaned her house had this library full of books. And I was allowed to check out, if you will, a couple of the books and then bring them to her in the next couple of weeks when it was my mom's turn to clean her house again. As a little girl, I obviously loved reading more than cleaning with my mom. And so that sort of was one way I could avoid cleaning with her. And this love of reading allowed me to open up worlds that I was not exposed to. My mother has a third grade education and even though she never really understood what a college degree would get me, she knew that if nothing else, it would provide me with a better baseline than what she had. So uh, from a very young age, she showed me a college diploma from one of the houses that we cleaned and she said, this is your ticket out of poverty, so work towards it. So in many ways, this was what was going on through my brain as I went through my educational career. If I did not want to experience what it was like to be poor, like I did when I was in Mexico, this was my ticket out. I was extremely disciplined and dedicated in high school, and I graduated at the top of my class just to find out that the school that I had applied to, Rice University, and the school that I had been admitted to, which was Rice University, did not offer any financial aid to undocumented students. And so this was extremely heartbreaking for many reasons. One, obviously I saw my dream kind of disappear really quickly before it actually even became a reality. And then the second thing was I had not applied to any other schools because I had done early decision to Rice. So 
the decision very quickly became community college because I was open enrollment, so I didn't have to be admitted there. And then St. Thomas also became another option. So I was destroyed, to say the least, at age 18. And I questioned this American dream a lot. The American dream for whom? And did I really need to have a nine-digit social security number to be able to access the golden doors of higher education? I was extremely lucky. And if if you can tell from my story, obviously, the quote-unquote success that I've experienced has been a combination of hard work, yes, discipline, yes, but it's also been luck. And so I basically went around at 18 and told people what was happening with my story and how I was admitted to Rice, but I had no money to go there because they basically asked me, where are you going to get money to pay for this? And there was no way that my mom would ever be able to pay $50,000, $60,000 a year. My mom makes about $20,000 cleaning houses. So it was not a real possibility. And I was extremely lucky in that my mother's boss, who she's cleaned her house now for 20 plus years, basically said to me, I got it. I will do it. I will pay for this education. And and for me, that this was a very pivotal moment in my life because it essentially transformed everything. This individual basically wrote me a $250,000 check and said, here, go to school, which is incredibly generous and in many ways kind of like a miracle because that's what allowed me to attend Rice University. And yet throughout my life, I've always thought about what happens to all those individuals that don't have this angel coming to save them. And so all my life, I have worked to increase the probability of success regardless of whether or not there is that amazing individual in your life. So I went to Rice, I put my head down, worked really hard, and was banking basically on on the fact that this education would shield me from deportations. I often walked around Rice University thinking this might be the last day, like they're gonna catch on, they're gonna know I'm here illegally. And so what that translated to was this constant need to perform well all the time. Even if it meant that I was going to bed at like 4 a.m. to wake up at 8 a.m. to go to class, even if it meant all-nighters, I basically felt like I had been given this gift that I could not waste. So every quiz matter, every test matter, everything that I did mattered in my opinion because I had been given this gift of education. And so while I was at Rice, I started a nonprofit called the Young Owls Leadership Program to provide more access and opportunity to first-generation college students, specifically low-income students, to ensure that their path was a little bit, a tiny bit easier, even if it was by 1% than the things that I had experienced. I then, again, it happened with a lot of hard work from a lot of individuals that are activists, but it, it happened to be that in 2012, the um, Deferred Action for Childhood Arrival was passed and the timing could not have been perfect for me because it was my senior year of college. All along, I had worked without knowing if I was ever going to be able to practice what 
this diploma would allow me because I didn't have any legal standing here. So oftentimes I thought, well, maybe I'll go back to Mexico and utilize my degree there. So it just happened that I got extremely, extremely lucky at that time. And I, I cannot thank the folks who were able to make that happen because I truly believe that all the people that were out there on the streets fighting for me and fighting for, for my rights while I was busy with my nose in the books. I, I, there's no way that this would have happened without them. And so my senior year, I got DACA and I was able to have a social security number for the first time. And I applied to graduate school and I applied to jobs. And that is essentially how I landed two very interesting opportunities. So one of them was working at Deloitte Consulting and the other one was to go to the Harvard Kennedy School. And if you know anything about me and my business school friends would probably laugh, um, but we have a saying that's like, ¿Por qué no los dos? Why not both? And that's essentially what I did. I began at Deloitte and deferred the Harvard Kennedy School, and then I went on to the Kennedy School. Harvard was an amazing experience. I think looking back, I would say that at Rice, I learned discipline. I learned how to be in my element. I learned how to play by the rules. But at Harvard, I learned how to break the rules and how to push boundaries and how that discipline obviously carries over. But sometimes it is very, very important to know when things are not stacked up in your favor. And, and, and I'm always impressed by the Harvard undergrad students who have been in the middle of the action fighting for what they deserve and, and, and what should be given to them. So I, I learned a lot about fighting for my rights and speaking up and occupying spaces that weren't quote unquote not meant for me. And so from my perspective, I think Harvard obviously not only provided me a platform, but it completely transformed the way that I thought about life and my place in life. So forever thankful for that experience. I then went on to work in the Rio Grande Valley where I became a very young director of financial literacy and alumni funding. And I think I maybe was probably one of the youngest directors that Idea Public Schools has ever had. Had a good time, learned a lot, but missed a lot of the intellectual curiosity involved with like private sector that I had experienced at Deloitte. So I decided to then come back to business school and I, I came back home to Rice University where once again, had it not been for scholarships, there's no way I would have been able to do that. So I, I was granted the Paul and Daisy Soros fellowship and the consortium fellowship, which ultimately paid for all of my studies over at Rice Business School. What I loved about my experience over at Rice Business School was traveling abroad. So I was able to spend six months in Spain and I traveled to 18 countries while I was in Europe. And I finished my, what I call my Tour de France over in China right before the pandemic hit. So I am now back working in the private sector. I work for Ernst & Young. And honestly, I am trying to figure things as I go. It is not rare that I am the only Latina sometimes in meetings. It is not rare that sometimes I'm the only woman. It is not rare that sometimes I'm the youngest person in meetings. And so I am learning, once again, what it means to navigate the corporate world, what it means to bring my whole self to work, and what it means to have a balance between 
having this intellectual curiosity met and being able to work on really hard problems with obviously doing things that I care about and that I'm excited to wake up in the mornings for. So like many of you, I am still trying to figure out this journey. I am going to turn 30 here in a couple of months and I, I feel extremely happy, accomplished with the things that I've done. I obviously have a lot to work on. My mom is still undocumented. So that is something that weighs heavily on me and her future. But I live in Houston. I am married to a phenomenal human being uh, named Placido Gomez. And he has the patience of a million people put together. And I feel extremely lucky to be married to him and to have him as a life partner. And I obviously feel extremely lucky and blessed to have my mother and my godmother as part of my core family. And obviously, a lot of amazing mentors and friends that there's no way that I would be here speaking to you all if it wasn't for them. So I look forward to learning more about you all out there. Please reach out. Happy to connect. And that's just a little bit about me.